Hey everyone, welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Monday, March 6th. Uh, we just got the Big Ten tournament bracket set, so we are in for an exciting show. Um, as always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the manager of BT Powerhouse, and um, I'm just going to start rolling through these topics because uh, truly, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being dramatic. We have a ton to cover this morning. Um, with the Big Ten tournament, with some of the awards. I'm hoping to get to the award stuff. I'm not sure if we'll have time. Um, I, I just want to uh, – I asked for some reader questions as well last night, so I want to dive into those. But let's let's start with the, uh, the Big Ten tournament um, bracket. It is officially set with last night's Michigan-Nebraska game being the final game of the day. With that game, uh, the Wolverines did take down the, the Huskers on the road. Um, with that result – the entire uh, Big Ten tournament bracket was set. So let's let's just go through the initial seedings. Um, Purdue is number one, Wisconsin two, Maryland three, Minnesota four. Just as a reminder to everyone, I know this stuff kind of goes up and down, and you know certainly for some of the old time Big Ten Big Ten fans, excuse me, um, this new format is, is relatively new. It's something to get used to, but if you are one of the top four seeds, you do not play until Friday. So you avoid two days of games, and that's why it's referred to as a double bye. So all four of those teams have double bye. Um, Purdue and Minnesota will be on the same side of the bracket. Wisconsin and Maryland will be on the other side of the bracket. But all four of those do not, all four of those teams, excuse me, do not play until Friday morning, well, afternoon, sorry. Uh, I guess if you're in the central time zone, uh, <laughs> uh, morning. But Moving on to the next round, these are the single bye teams. These teams will play on Monday. The, the first game of the day at noon will be Michigan versus Illinois. Um, that will be the 8-9 game. Under, under Well, I should say the Minnesota-Illinois game. Um, and if you want to look at the entire bracket, we have it up on btpowerhouse.com. Just going to throw that out there as a general note. But the winner of Michigan-Illinois will play Purdue. Um, and they're essentially at the top side if you're looking at a, a set bracket. Um, moving down, Michigan State is the five. Um, their opponent is not set at this time, and the winner of Michigan State versus unknown at this time uh, will face Minnesota on Friday. And moving past them, Iowa, seven-seed Iowa, will play 10-seed Indiana. They will face Wisconsin on Friday, whoever wins that game. And then Northwestern is a six-seed. Their opponent is also unknown at this time. The winner of Northwestern versus unknown TBA um, will face Maryland on Friday. Um, and then the Wednesday games, it's Nebraska versus Penn state. That's the 12, 13 game. Whoever wins that will move into that Michigan state game. So it'll be theoretically if Nebraska won, who I believe is favored, um, it'll be Michigan state, Nebraska winner of that will face Minnesota winner of that would face theoretically Purdue. But uh, And then the other Wednesday game, remember, this is two days before the double buys, um, will be Ohio State-Rutgers. That's the 11-14 game. The winner of that will move in and face Northwestern. Winner of those two will face Maryland on Friday. So a lot to take in, a lot, a lot of analysis here. Um, I'm just going to start with some kind of overarching uh, storylines here, what I think is the biggest things to note coming into this week. Um, and really, I, I think there are three big things to note about this bracket, which may or may not prove true. But the first is Purdue got a very tough draw. 
And I know a lot of people are probably scratching their heads, you know, in their car or their office or whatever, hearing Purdue got a tough draw because they are the number one seed. But that's why they got a tough draw. Purdue does not have a tougher draw than, uh, frankly, well, you know what, let, let me start with this. My, my opinion on the seeding in this version of the Big Ten tournament, because remember, when Maryland and Rutgers got added to the conference, this is when this format uh, developed. But my opinion is the buys are the most valuable thing. I would rather have a tough game um, and not be able to have that theoretical extra win um, for the extra day and have the days off. I, I think it's so valuable um, to have those extra days of rest. Uh, especially in a tournament where if you want to go deep, you know, if you take Purdue, if they win the Big Ten tournament this year, they're going to have to play three days in a row. And if you're, you know, Michigan on starting on Thursday, you have to play four days in a row. And if you're Ohio State or Nebraska or one of those guys, you would theoretically have to win five games in a row, five days in a row. That is just beyond exhausting. I don't care what anyone says, you know, whether these guys work out a ton or not. Um, there's a reason why winning five games in five days is very, very difficult. So I would say my, my value, generally speaking, in this format is C, is the buys first. I think those are the most important thing. I don't really care as much about where you're aligned in that as long as you get the buy. So Purdue has a double buy. So generally speaking, they clearly have one of the four best situations. There's no debating that. But, you know, they are the number one seed. Theoretically, they should have the easiest path to at least the semifinals, if not the finals, um, of anyone. And let's let's just go through who's on Purdue's side. You know, they start off, their first game will be against either Michigan or Illinois. Illinois is beyond desperate for any wins. They will likely, I think they're going to need two to get into the NCAA tournament. I know a lot of people will disagree with that, but I think they're going to need two. Um, so I would say uh, – you know, you start with, okay, a desperate Illinois team that really isn't terrible. I mean, they're not a bad team. They're just kind of mediocre. And this, again, this is my opinion here. But an 18-13 and 13 Illinois team that's won four of their last five, and I want to say five of their last seven. So a pretty hot Illinois team. I know they lost to Rutgers. I'm, I'm totally acknowledging that. I think that killed them for the NCAA tournament. But – a relatively hot Illinois team that's going to be beyond desperate. If they don't get Illinois in that first game, they're going to get Michigan. And I know there are a lot of mixed thoughts about Michigan, what to make of them. But the reality is, is Michigan could, they could be, I mean, outside of maybe 13, 2013, when the Big Ten was just beyond stacked, they might be the best eight seed the Big Ten tournament has seen. Um, at least, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to think, but if you are a believer in the Ken Palm ratings, which as I've said on this podcast, I am, uh, the current big 10 rankings in Ken Palm efficiency, Purdue, number one at 13, Wisconsin, number two at 22, Michigan, number three at 25, Michigan is above Maryland. They're above Minnesota. They're above Northwestern, above Michigan state, um, above Iowa. They are above uh, what, five teams that are seeded higher than them in the Big Ten tournament. So that doesn't mean Michigan is the third best team in the Big Ten. And certainly, you know, personally, I would not argue that. But from a stats perspective, 
Purdue would theoretically get the third best team in the Big Ten in game one as the number one seed. That is a brutal, brutal draw um, for game one. Because again, this is they're not even in the semifinals at this point where you can start saying, okay, well, you should be facing good teams at this point. But so that's that's game one. If Purdue gets past that, which I would I would guess they would, but it's gonna be a tough game, certainly. You know, Purdue did lose to Michigan earlier this year. Um, then they're going to likely get Minnesota, who has been one of the hottest teams in the entire country. You know, they've won seven of their last eight, you know, before losing to Wisconsin on Sunday. They had won seven games in a row. Um, excuse me, eight games in a row. So they've won eight of their last nine coming into this. They, I know they lost to Wisconsin on the road, but I'm sorry. Minnesota, I still think, is the hottest team in the Big Ten. Um, well, maybe, uh, maybe Purdue's pretty hot, too. So one of those two. But outside of Purdue, I don't think anybody's hotter in the conference than Minnesota. And – that is theoretically who Purdue would get in game two, the semifinals, or they're going to get a Michigan state team that again, like Illinois will be very, very desperate, you know, obviously coached by Tom Izzo and, you know, much to the pain of Purdue fans. That's the team who beat them last year in the big 10 tournament final. So you're talking about a, a red hot Minnesota or a Michigan state team that would have already had to beat Minnesota to get there as well. We should note that. Or, you know, they're going to face Nebraska or Penn State, which I think is, as I've mentioned, I think with this double buy system, it's very, very unlikely that they would get there to that semifinal game. But theoretically, if Nebraska or Penn State gets there, which, you know, in this year's Big Ten, I'm not ruling it out, they would have won already two games or three games in a row to get there. So obviously they're going to be red hot too. So, I mean, I think you sit back and say, Purdue in game one is going to get a tough matchup. You know, even if it's Illinois, that's going to be a desperate, desperate Illini team. And then game, their semifinal game is going to be very tough too. And I I think you can make an argument right now. um, Minnesota could be the second best team in the big 10 and they're on Purdue's side. And then again, as I, as I just mentioned, I mean, we saw it on Sunday with Michigan, you know, against Nebraska, they wrecked Nebraska. And I know people are sitting here saying, are probably thinking to themselves, well, Nebraska isn't very good. You know, they finished 12 and 18. They were outside the top 100 on Ken Palm, not exactly a great opponent, but Nebraska did beat Maryland on the road. They did beat Purdue at home. They beat Ohio state. They have some solid wins on the year. Um, They also beat Dayton. I know that was kind of an odd situation when they beat them, but, Nebraska has some solid wins, and Michigan just wrecked them on Sunday, 93-57. to 57. I mean, we're talking a 30-plus point win um, for the Wolverines. And that's, that's game one. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, Michigan's certainly inconsistent, but you do have to sit back and think, you know, that team has some serious firepower. And that, that could be game one. So my overall point here, I don't want to rant about this for an hour and not get to anybody else, but Purdue has a tough draw. And that's one of the big reasons I would be concerned if I was a Boilermaker fan about making the final, about making even the semifinal and, and winning the Big Ten tournament. So tough draw for number one seed Purdue. So there, there could be some madness here in, the, in this bracket, I guess is my point. Um, my second big point here is 
Uh, everyone needs to keep in mind, I'm sure the broadcast is going to mention this 50 times, but this is essentially going to be a home uh, environment for Maryland. You know, it's going to be in Washington, D.C. We're expecting a lot of Terp fans to show out. Um, Maryland is, as I mentioned before, they're the three seed. They're slated theoretically to face Northwestern in game one. Um, if it's not Northwestern, it'll be Ohio State or Rutgers. Assuming Rutgers will not make it that far, um, it's likely going to be Ohio State or Northwestern. I think with the home environment, Maryland is very, very likely to make at least the semifinals. Um, and then you're talking about a – and, again, when I, when I say likely, I'm just going by the seeds here, just saying, you know, this is kind of how it's projected to go, you know, chalk, you know the chalk way. Um, they would get Wisconsin in the semifinal. I think Maryland honestly probably wins that game. Um, especially with the the home feel of the the tournament, so I, I would say continue to throw that out there. That um, keep an eye keep an eye on that. You know Maryland could be a big time sleeper because of that. I don't want to overrate what the crowd can mean, but uh, it, it's certainly something to note as, as far as the Terps go, and I think is the key storyline on that lower side of the bracket. I think the top side is. As I said, a tough draw for Purdue. I mean, I, I think you can make a very strong case that uh, – well, I mean, I, I, I just kind of did. I'm not going to make the case again. But a lot of the quality teams in the Big Ten, are, I think, are on the top half, certainly the more dangerous ones. Um, but Maryland's home field or home court environment, however you want to refer to it as, um, something to watch in this. And then I would say the third big takeaway here is the bubble action is going to be intense. Um, you know, just, just starting here, Michigan, Illinois, that is an absolute bubble game. You know, we all know with a loss, Illinois is dead. Um, I personally, I think Michigan's pretty safe at this point, but, um, you, you never know the Wolverines lose that game. You know, maybe they get some weird stuff that happens, um, and they end up getting shifted down a couple spots. So Michigan's looking for a win there as well, because, uh, if the Wolverines do win that game, they are 100% guaranteed in because then their only loss would be to Purdue, which wouldn't be a bad loss. So, you know, that's a guarantee game for Michigan. As I said, I think they're already very likely in, even if they lost to Illinois. I don't think it would. I still think they'd be pretty safe. But if they did win that game, I, I think there's no debating they would be in the field. Um, and then for Illinois, as I said, I, I think they need to win two. I don't think just one will get the job done. Um, and then you move to the second game, and I'm, I'm referring to the games on Thursday, kind of that middle block of games. Um, Michigan State needs to win a game, especially, especially because they're going to face Nebraska or Penn State, who are both not in good spots in the RPI. You lose to either one of those teams, that's going to be a bad loss on your resume, especially on a neutral court. Um, and I'm, I'm going to save this for a little bit later because I'm pretty sure I got a question on this. But Michigan State's 18 and 13. They'd be 18 and 14 with a another, you know, kick to the RPI um, if they did lose to a Nebraska or a Penn State on uh, Thursday in, their, in the Spartans' first game. So something um, really to keep an eye on there. I'm trying to look where Michigan State is in RPI here real quick. They are 47, so they are not – see when was this last updated here okay so we, we're still waiting we still have some more games but through games of march 4th which were um saturday's games 
they were at 47. So they're certainly on the right side of things, but a, a tough loss like that would be a big blow. Um, moving down, Iowa, Indiana. I think Indiana's dead for an at-large bid, although I will say, you know, if they made the final, you know, maybe that's enough. Um, you know, they theoretically beat Wisconsin and Maryland on the route there. Um, but I, I think realistically Indiana's dead as an at-large team, but Iowa is not dead as an at-large team, not at all. Um, and I, I think they, they could be one of the sleeper teams to watch here. I know I already used that once with Maryland um, for obvious reasons, but Iowa, Iowa has a relatively manageable route here. You know, we shouldn't overlook the Hawkeyes. They've been pretty hot here down the stretch. I know I've, I've called a lot of teams hot in the Big Ten, but um, the Hawkeyes have won four in a row, including a home win over this Indiana team they're about to face, a road win at Maryland, and a road win at Wisconsin. And Iowa's current slate to the Big Ten tournament final would be Indiana, who I just mentioned, they recently beat. They would get then Wisconsin, who they also recently beat, and then Maryland, who they also recently beat. Now, I know it's, it's tough to get these, you know, wins in a row versus teams, but you look at that, and considering the improved play Iowa has shown as late, you know, some of those freshmen are really starting to turn that corner. Jock has been fantastic. You do have to kind of sit back and think, you know, if they do pull off a win or two, I, I think they might get in. You know, even even one might be enough, depending on how the bubble situation breaks out and the fact that their second loss would be to Wisconsin, which, you know, just as I said with Michigan and Illinois, it wouldn't be a bad loss. So not much of a hit there. But I, I would say um, they're, they're going to be an interesting bubble situation to sit on. I think in the last projections over the weekend, they were like among the – either the first four or the last or the first eight teams out of the bracket. I'm sure they bumped up a couple spots with that win over Penn state on, on Sunday, but I think the Hawkeyes are still a, a bit of a long shot. Um, they have to win at least one like Illinois. Their only shot is they have to win at least one game because if they don't win at least one game, zero chance um, of getting in the field. But as, as of course, you know, we'll see, there's a, there's a lot of craziness that, that can await uh, conference tournaments and, and selection Sunday. So, um, and, then, and then last, you know, I, I, I didn't touch on them, but, you know, Northwestern, they're kind of in the Michigan State situation. I think they're a little bit safer, but even, even the Wildcats, uh, they are actually um, only – they're actually under – well, they're – sorry, keep – saying this, but they are tied with Michigan State in RPI right now. They're at 47, and this has not been updated, as I said, through Sunday's games where the Wildcat lost. The Wildcats lost, so I, I do think it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they shake out. And like Michigan State, they cannot lose their first game. They get Iowa State or Rutgers. Um, sometimes, you know, it looks very manageable on paper, but if you're a bubble team, it can be scary. And you know whoever wins that game between – the Buckeyes and the Scarlet Knights is going to be desperate. You know, Rutgers continues to play hard. You know, they continue to show fight. Ohio State has been more than dangerous on a couple occasions. You know, they've taken down, they took down Michigan earlier this year. Um, they took down Michigan State, I, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. So 
they have they have some solid wins. Um, yep, they've beaten Michigan State. They beat Minnesota as well um, in late Jan- January. I know that's a going back quite a ways here, but um, so Ohio State could be a little dangerous if the Wildcats get them. Um, they they played a tight one in in January in uh, Columbus, so it could be a uh, a potential bubble situation there as well. So I I think all four of the Big Ten's Thursday games are bubble games, uh, which I'm sure is going to stress a lot of people out, but it will definitely be the the third thing to watch as far as the major storylines of this year's Big Ten tournament. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot to take away there. Um, as far as who I, who I think is going to advance, who I think is going to have the big shot, um, it's kind of hard to pick in this year's bracket. Personally, I think uh, – I do think the winner is going to come from that top side, but you know, if you get Maryland in that final and it's all Maryland fans in the stands, I don't know. I wouldn't be that shocked. I mean, Maryland played Purdue tight. Um, they beat Minnesota earlier this year. They beat Michigan. They beat Michigan state. So they beat all the top teams or played very closely, uh, you know, in that loss to Purdue. Um, but all they beat three of the top four teams on the other side of the bracket. They played Purdue very tight and, you know, as, as I've said a couple of times, this could be a, a home court feel for the Terps, certainly in a, a potential um, championship game. So I, I, I would say I, I still think you have to lean um, either Purdue or Minnesota. I think whoever wins that game is it's going to be the prohibitive favorite in this tournament. But Maryland is definitely, to me, the team that's going to come out of the, the lower side, quote unquote, of the the bracket. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how it shakes out. I think the bubble situation is going to be uh, certainly severely impacted by, by what shakes out, but I'm going to get to some of the questions here. Um, I had a few, as I said, I, I asked for some last time, last night, excuse me, um, just cause I wanted to answer some of these and, and see what it's on um, people's minds. Um, Okay, let's move down here. Um, okay, first one, biggest threats to Purdue. You know, I, I've, I've already kind of talked about this in detail, um, about who I think is the biggest threat. I, I think game one is going to be a big threat. Michigan is very underseeded based on their advanced stats profile, and I know I'll, everyone's going to say, well, advanced stats don't play on the court, you know. Uh, things along that line, but I mean, you're talking about in terms of Ken Palm, which I think is a very good statistical formula, you know, it's a very well-respected formula across the board. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I think it's a far better indicator than your AP poll or or things along that line. And the Wolverines are a top 25 team right now. So if you believe that Purdue's getting a top 25 opponent in game one, and then if they win that, they're probably going to get Minnesota, my final, who has already beaten them this year. And as we already talked about, has won eight of their last nine. So I, I think those teams are very, very dangerous. Um, I do think Purdue is going to beat um, Michigan in that, uh, that quarterfinal game, I guess, uh, the, the Friday game. And then it's, it's going to be a battle. Um, I, I do think Purdue gets to the final. That's my that's my opinion. Um, I think it's going to be Purdue Maryland in the final game this year. But um, and I, I think the Boilermakers have already shown they have the advantage in that matchup. Although it was again very 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 tight game 
between the Terps and Boilermakers earlier this year. But I, I think Purdue has to feel good about every particular matchup. It's just, you know, winning three of them in a row is going to be very tough, especially because you can make a pretty strong argument, um, or at least a realistic one, that they're going to be playing top 25 or fringe top 25 teams in probably all three of their games this weekend. So it could be a great weekend, or it could be rough, just because we've seen when Michigan's hitting on all cylinders, they're very, very dangerous. So if I'm a Boilermaker fan, I'm concerned about game one. Uh, coming this week. I, I do not think that is a sure surefire uh, win by any means. So that, that would be my answer there. Um, next question. If MSU loses their first game of the Big Ten tournament, are they out of the NCAAs? Um, honestly, I, I think you can make a pretty good argument that they will miss the NCAA tournament if they lose their first game. You know, as I talked about, they're going to face either Nebraska or Penn State on Thursday. None of those, neither of those teams, excuse me, is in good shape in the RPI. I'm looking at it right now, and again, these are these are outdated. But Nebraska's 90th, Penn State is 92. Both those teams are going to drop a bit. They're not going to drop a ton because um, they lost to decent opponents over the weekend or on Sunday, uh, excuse me. But um, neither of those would be a good loss. <laughs> on a neutral court. So I, I think, you know, if, if Michigan State loses to one of those two, and the the big thing with the whole bubble picture, you know, I, I hate to, to kind of use the generic safe language, whatever you want to refer to it as, but every there are moving parts everywhere. You know, it's not a set picture because you don't know. Maybe every bubble team loses in their conference tournament this year. I You, you never know what's going to happen. You know, maybe the auto bids, uh, you know, the mid-major conferences, I, excuse me, steal some bids. You know, that's probably not going to happen because there aren't very many mid-major at-large contenders this year, you know, especially with um, Wichita State. I believe they won last weekend or won their conference tournament, excuse me, so they're they're in. Yep, that's not going to happen with, with at least the uh, Missouri Valley. But I, I think that that's something I, I just like to stress just because, you know, it can be – very easy to get caught up in these set numbers of, you know, well, oh, we got to win this game, you know, one more and then we're in, as if it's like a math equation. It's not. Everything's moving. The whole situation's fluid. But if Michigan State loses to Nebraska or Penn State on Thursday, I think absolutely you're going to be very fortunate to make the first four. And I, I, think, I think you can make a pretty strong argument they will be left out. You know, we talked about this following that top 16 seed release for the NCAA committee. And I think one Big Ten team that most years would get in, at least by the general numbers, will be left out because the conference isn't perceived as strong this year. And if Michigan State loses that game, I, I think they could very well be that team. Um, next question. I'm, I'm getting a lot of Purdue questions here. Apparently, Purdue fans are pretty excited um, and for good reason. But uh, next question, what is Purdue's ceiling in the NCAAs, uh, Elite Eight? I, I, I think they're a Final Four team as their ceiling. Um, do I think that they will hit their ceiling in the NCAA tournament? No, I do not. I do not think they will make the Final Four. But they are, they are absolutely a Final Four team at their, at their best and their peak. I mean, if you even go back to some of these non-conference games, I mean, 
They played Villanova right down to the wire. I know that game was in Mackey, but I do. I never felt in that game that Villanova was on a different level than Purdue. I did not. I know that's going back a long time. I did not think that Villanova was on another tier, you know, when they played. I just thought Villanova came up with a better game. And I will certainly say I think Villanova is a better team than Purdue, but Purdue at its peak can make the Final Four. I don't think Purdue's good enough to win the national championship, even at its peak. But I do think just because, you know, if you win the national championship, you have to beat three just straight up great teams, like at least three. Even if your bracket just falls apart, you're going to have to beat someone really good in the Elite Eight. You're going to have to beat someone really good in the Final Four. And you're going to have to beat someone that's awesome in the national championship game. So I don't think Purdue's good enough to do that. But are they good enough to knock off one of those teams if the bracket falls the right way and they get some good matchups and stuff? Absolutely. I don't, I don't see why not. Um, do I think they will get there? Again, no. No. My, my thought with Purdue – is I think they're going to make the Sweet 16, and then I think it, you're, it's really going to depend on who they run up against. You know, if they're if they're a four, they run into one of those one seeds, they're probably done. But if they're a three somehow, or or they fall down, I guess even a little bit further, um, I I do think they could knock off a two for sure. But but we'll see. It's it's hard to speculate without knowing the teams. Um, next question: Will Rutgers break through with their first Big Ten tournament win? Um, I said this after Rutgers knocked off Illinois on Saturday, and I said, you know, don't sleep on Rutgers in the Big Ten tournament this year. They played people very tough all year. They've been close to winning a lot of games, and I got some I got some beef for complimenting Rutgers on that and complimenting them earlier in the season um, as they lost some of these games. Well, well, you know, in the in the context, what what I was getting ripped on is because I said I think Steve Peekle is a top five. Big Ten Coach of the Year candidate this year, just because he has improved that team so massively, and um, not even necessarily improvement, but it's more of he's playing with no talent, and he's still finding a way to get the job done. So I think he's done a great job. But when you look at Rutgers, I mean, look look at some of these results, and this is starting February fourth. So this is basically a month of results. The last month, they beat Penn State on the road. Uh, this is February fourth. They follow that up with a six-point road loss to Ohio State, a nine-point home loss to Minnesota, um, a blowout loss against Purdue on the road, a four-point loss to Northwestern on the road, four-point loss to Michigan at home. They did get manhandled against Maryland, and then they beat Illinois. So really, you know, they lose pretty handedly to Maryland, pretty handedly against Purdue, but otherwise – Eight. Yeah, these last eight games, they've been very, very competitive. They've been a, they've performed like a really a competent opponent. They haven't been great because again, I'm not going to sit here and claim a two and six record is great, especially against some mediocre competition in a team like Ohio State. Um, even uh, well, I guess the rest of those teams are pretty solid, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think if if you look at how Rutgers has played, they've been very, very tough. Um, and personally, you know, if you look at Ohio, how Ohio State played against Indiana on Saturday, I mean, they, they, I know it finished tight and it, it was real close at the end, but Ohio State had no business being back in that game. I mean, it was uh, – that, that Indiana just wrecked them 
from go. And they just kind of chipped away after Indiana let up on, on the gas at, at the end. So I think um, you do have to sit back and, and think. I, I think Rutgers will absolutely give Ohio State a game. I think it will be very close. The, the concerning thing for me with Rutgers and picking them here is that, uh, as I said, I would not sleep them. I think they can win this game. I don't think they can win two in a row. But I think they can win game one. However, the problem Rutgers has is because they don't have that talent, they have to play perfectly. They can't make mistakes. You know, one one missed call or anything like that, and the game's going to swing in the other direction. And that's why they lose, they've lost many of these close ones. They don't have an extra gear. They don't have that extra guy that they can just rely on to get the job done. And, you know, maybe they have it next year. Maybe they don't. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But um, right now, I would say Ohio State probably wins a very, very tight game, but I absolutely think Rutgers will give them a game, and I I think it'll be super competitive. But um, let's see. Who do you think wins it all? As I already said, I I think Purdue and and Maryland will will play off there. Um, What kinds of runs do Illinois and Iowa need in the Big Ten tournament to get in the big dance? Um, I would say, uh, uh, you know, both of them, absolutely have to win at least one game there is no no argument that both of them have to win one game so they for sure have to be in the semifinals as I said with Illinois I think they need to win two I think they need to beat Purdue and um for Iowa I I I just I think the way things project you know um they they have a certain chance because Again, losing to Rutgers on the last week of the regular season is a rough way to end the regular season. Let's just put it that way. But uh, I, I think for either of them to feel comfortable at all, they need to win two. They need to get in the semifinals. You're not going to feel comfortable with just winning one. Um, if you lose, if either of those teams lose, they're done. So I, I think it's like a, the easy answer is 1.5, which I know is the cheap way to go into this. But the thing is, is you don't know, you know, you don't know where Purdue's going to end up on RPI. You don't know where Wisconsin's going to, you don't know what these other bubble teams are going to do. So I think, honestly, I would say those teams probably need to win too. Um, But, you know, we'll we'll have to see how it shakes out, you know, uh, but, you know, Illinois, I think is in the better situation, not only because I know they're higher on RPI right now, but, they would theor- theoretically get Michigan in game one, who's a top 50 opponent, and then Purdue in game two, who's a top 50 opponent. So they could add two top 50 wins in uh, two days this week, whereas Iowa cannot add one against Indiana. I know that's a far more beatable opponent probably than Illinois will get, but Iowa, I, I think they need to win two just because you can't add a top 50 win against Indiana. You just can't. They're not there, and they will sure, certainly won't be there if they lose. To Iowa. So I, I think Iowa will need to for that reason. And Illinois, as I said, um, you know, they need, they need to wash out the taste of that, of that Rutgers loss. Um, let's see. Okay. Not to look too far ahead. Uh, this is a Michigan fan question, but wins against Nebraska and Illinois. This actually came a little bit during or the first couple of minutes of the Nebraska game last night between Michigan and um, Nebraska. Um, but again, wins against Nebraska and Illinois lost to Purdue eight or nine seed. Again, these, these things are, are very, very tough to speculate because you don't know what's going to happen elsewhere. It's really hard. 
for me to sit here and say this is what you need just because I don't know what the other teams are going to do. <laughs> um, however, saying that, um, one site I always like to use for these types of considerations just because I, I think it's a good standard bearer is um, Bracket Matrix. They average all of the brackets out there, period. Um, and right now, they have Michigan as a nine seed. They are the lowest nine seed. However, this does not include Sunday night's win against Nebraska. So I will assume Michigan will probably jump to the high end of the nine seeds. I think a win over Illinois likely will push you into the eights. Um, but again, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Northwestern is currently slated as an eight on this. Michigan State's a 10. Those are two teams, you know, we just went through. They could easily win a game or two in here. They could both easily lose game one. Um, so it, it's really hard to sit here and say what's going to happen with some of these teams. You know, Wichita State is one spot above Michigan. And, again, I know these are not perfect, but it's a, it's a good measuring stick, so to speak. And Michigan should jump them. I mean, Wichita State cannot win any more games, whereas Michigan could theoretically win four more or three or four, um, four more games which I don't think will happen, but theoretically. So I, I do think Michigan probably ends up as an eight if they can beat Illinois, probably a nine if they lose, um, barring some weird things elsewhere. It's, it's just hard to say. But, but with that, I didn't, I didn't get time to go into the award stuff. Hopefully either tonight or tomorrow I will dive into those, um, where we think things should be, which were good picks, which were wrong, just because I know the podcast won't come out before the official awards come out, but – Thanks again for everyone for checking us out. Strongly encourage you to get to btpowerhouse.com right now. We have a plethora, plethora of great stuff, um, analysis, top to bottom on the Big Ten tournament, top to bottom on the conference. We'll have award stuff up tonight. Please check it out. And uh, as always, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. And we'll see you guys next time.